Just a warning, what you're about to see is a bit graphic. Okay, everybody, it is Angry Negative Show post-game edition here. It is Tuesday, July 28th, 2020. The Flyers beat the Pittsburgh Penguins 3-2 in overtime in their exhibition game for the playoffs. Before the playoffs. Getting ready for the playoffs. Whatever the proper... uh, terminology is there jim is here yes i am yes i am what's up every what's up peoples big win man i felt like it was a i didn't feel like it was an exhibition game to tell you the truth i expected to see like not as much checking a lot more goals if i'm being honest here it was it was it was a rather slow game there for a while actually for most of it Certainly not the most exciting. There was a lot of physicality, especially in the third period. There, Abi Kubel really started throwing around the body late. Looked good. Uh, quite frankly, I think everybody on the Flyers looked good. I, I think there was nobody that I looked at and went, yep, you suck. Jake Voracek got caught looking on the first goal. But other than that, that's just typical Jake Voracek at this point. You <laughs> can't accept that after 10 years. I don't know what to tell you. But, uh, yeah, they all looked good. Kevin Hayes scored a goal. And just... I. Everybody looked good, but he looked great. I loved Kevin Hayes. He hit the post twice in the second period. And uh, the goals were Coots, Hayes, and Lawton with the overtime goal with a beautiful pass from Travis Konechny. Set him up there in the breakaway. And, uh, yeah. Dude, I think there was a point during this game where Hayes was matched with Scotty Lawton and Travis Konechny. Which was the money trio back in the day there. Can I? I just want that. Like, there's a reason I think he went to that late in the game. Like, I, I feel like Vigneault didn't look at this like an exhibition. I mean, sure, he was like, seeing what was working. Right. This 100%. wasn't just for funsies for him. He was out there. He was he was scouting. He was doing his due diligence. Yeah, yeah, buddy. And when he went to that line in the third, to me, it kind of was like, okay, he remembers that line was working. He remembers it was clicking. He's trying to win the game here in this third period with that line. And I'm not sure if Konechny was with Lawton and, and Hayes during the regular season. If I remember correctly, I think somebody may have been out or whatever. And it was like, it was Vor- you know, I think it was Voracek on that line. Maybe it, I think so. I yeah. Think, yeah. Uh, Konechny and Voracek swap spots. Yep. And so the chemistry between Hayes and Lawton was undeniable. And I think matching a guy like Konechny with those two, like instant chemistry, yeah. dude. Like it's just that's gonna be a killer line if that's a thing. And even if it's not to start out with, just having that in your back pocket, knowing that you can throw that line out there whenever you want during a game, is just it's outstanding. It's like a like an ace in your under your sleeve or whatever, dude. Like I loved it. I loved that line. It was it was just so fun to watch. And if you guys know me by now, I I would rather watch fun than more more than anything else. So I'm happy with that line. Yeah, it was a. Uh... Fun little line there, I'm further proving that James and Remus Dyke is goddamn useless. 
Oh but, my uh, god, we'll get that. We'll get to we'll, that. We'll, at some we'll point, get eh? to that. We'll get to the Hayes and JVR thing in a in a little <laughs> while here. But uh, it was also the professional debut from Eeyore Zumala, even though it won't count because it's an exhibition game. I didn't hate him. Uh, I believe, yeah, I think he's like 6'4 and 140 or something like that. The guy's built like fucking Siren Head, oh for Christ's God. sake. He is, is he's true? just, yeah, I think so. It's something ridiculous. But um, uh, I, I didn't mind him. He tried to get in there physically once and just got destroyed. But other than that, I don't think he was making any bad decisions. He didn't look bad. And uh, ditto for Mark Friedman, who, again, just really seemed to fit in there. Uh, I don't like I said I don't know what his overall future is. We talked about him for the past couple of weeks after his contract was up, but uh, he just kind of fits, and that's what that, I mean. At that point, he is the perfect six seven guy because that's all you need. You just need a guy you can plug in and play that kind of you know uh, the 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 invisible defenseman kind of role where the less you hear his name, the better he's playing. And uh, he looked good. Zamula looked good. Uh, Couturier looked good. Uh, didn't look overly distracted yet. Like we said, Hayes was great. Uh, overall, the third period, they did pull a Dave Haxtell there for a little while uh, and tried the turtle defense there, in which Pittsburgh eventually uh, ended up scoring on. But uh, the back and forth there, the overtime was fine. Uh, it, that It's obviously a rush again. Uh, even in an exhibition, nothing happening. Game after four months, that uh, overtime sure gets the blood flowing a little bit. That one point, it was a three-on-one. Penguins had three men on Brian Elliott there. And uh, Brian Elliott made two big saves. I believe, uh, was it Hayes had a breakaway the other way, got denied. And then uh, Lawton got a breakaway again on a great pass from TK and just friggin' buried it. The Lawton domination continues. And, uh... I'm very happy with the way this team looks uh, on the dawn of the uh, playoffs in, what, four days. They didn't really seem to miss a beat. Like, the no. same heroes that were performing during the regular season came up and appeared in this game. I mean, Sean Couturier scoring the opening goal for the Flyers is pretty fitting, no? Uh, f- at least from on the, my last couple of shows here and, and the conversation I've been having with people is, you know, is Couturier a star? I mean, he comes out and scores the first goal of the uh, exhibition. Um, the next goal scorer was Kevin Hayes, who all season long is, was kind of the fan favorite. You know, gets gets right on gets on the board right away. And then uh, my personal favorite, Scotty Lawton, goes out in the overtime. He was playing with TK in the OT with yeah. with a defenseman, I guess. Like, uh, dude, like that's supposed to be a third, fourth line guy out in overtime with one of your better players. That's Another example of how deep this Flyers team is, man. There's going to be good things to come, dude. And I think for I, – I feel like as Flyers fans, and I'm not getting all crazy over an exhibition game here, but I, I think there's a lot of people out there who have seen a lot of things go wrong with this team, you know, for the last, I don't know, 20 years. I mean, we had, we had fucking Eric Lindros and didn't win shit. The guy ends up getting hurt. Uh, you know, his career goes to shit. Like, we've had a lot of good things and just could never win. So I think guys are still kind of cautious about saying, you know, the Flyers have a shot this year. They could, they are legitimate. And I think the depth, and I guess I'm what I'm getting at is this game is an example of just how deep they are. They started their sixth, seventh, and a kid that's not even supposed to play on the team in, in Igor Zamula they started their sixth, seventh, and let's let's call it eighth defenseman in this game, and they won. 
Pittsburgh started their fucking starters. They started their team. Pittsburgh had to take this game serious because they actually have to play to get into the playoffs. This was not just a a warm-up game for Pitt. Like, they need to get their shit together because it's elimination for them the next time they play. Whereas the Flyers are kind of just playing in that round robin for seeding. You know, they have a couple more quote-unquote warm-up games, if you will. For the Penguins, it's do or die. And uh, the Flyers won with depth. They were missing Justin Braun and Robert Hagen this game. I mean, you know, people. I know people out there are going to go, oh, yeah, but, you know, Gosser Spare could be better than both of them. But the Flyers were winning with those two guys in the lineup all year long. And uh, I guess what I'm saying is it's not a bad thing to have depth. And they won with those guys, which I guess means something. Uh, yeah, broke it down yesterday with Nick, some of the depth going over the, the 30-man one, uh, 31-man roster here. And, I mean, even on defense, you got uh, 10 defensemen here all of which can reasonably play in the NHL. You know, you, you got your uh, pro Rob Niskanen are obviously your top two, Sanheim and Myers. And then after that, you got, you know, Ghost, who sucks ass, but can probably be a plug-in. Braun is great. Haig is great. Fuck you all. And uh, and uh, the other guy, Mark Friedman. And then they also yeah. have uh, Zamula and Andy Walensky with them who yeah. I loved Walensky's play with the Phantoms this year. I believe he's got some time uh, in with the Ducks organization. And uh, uh, the forwards are so goddamn deep. You know, like most people, most teams that have Andy Andrioff is like their fourth liner anyway. For the Flyers, he's their number, what, 15 forward? <laughs> he's like, if we absolutely have to put this If everybody in, else is, is, is sent to the hospital, then he's good here. By the yeah. way, Zamula is listed at 6'3", 161. But I have his Instagram pulled up, and he does not even look 161. It's probably because he's so tall, man. 6'3", 161. Braille, Usually, man. if you're 6'3", you want to be around 195, 200 pounds. So he's he's got to put on some weight there. How old is he? He's 20. He just turned 20 a couple months ago. Yeah, he's got to so fill out. He's got little... time. He has to get his man body going. Hey, dude, that's a real thing. Uh, I think we saw some examples of that with Farabee today. You know, he played. A, he had a strong game, but he's still... A little smaller, and uh, I think I saw him try to to throw a body check on somebody, and he kind of just bounced off, you know. But you give him another year or two, man, and and he'll be laying guys out with with a hit like that. I totally just had a mind fart here. I don't know what the hell we were talking. About. Oh, that's right, Zmula wearing fifty four now. For anybody who's interested, you can update your uh, rosters accordingly. I have his game worn preseason jersey from I think I don't think it was this year. I think it was last year. What number you got on that one? I missed the number. 70. Oof. Just going to so, keep going down. down 54. Down, down. I believe that's uh, Lindblom's old number. That's good luck then. Well, hockey-wise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You want to change that one, buddy. Can, uh... Okay, I guess you probably won't make the roster next year. but Yeah, can we talk about him actually being on the roster for this, though? Because I think the entire goal was just to get him in this game. I can't imagine he's going to get in the... Uh, no, he is the 10th of 10 defenseman they have, is my guess. Yeah, and I would assume that if he actually has to play, like a bunch of guys caught COVID and got hurt, right? Yeah. Obviously. Um, I, I found it really interesting. And, you know, me being me, I, I read into it a little bit. I, I wonder if they're looking to fast track him a little bit, like... Depending on how this year goes, let's say let's say perfect scenario, Flyers win the cup, right? 
I think that gives them a little bit more freedom on what to do with the roster. I think they want to keep him ready. Yeah. Because as we talked about here, the cap's not going to get any better here over the next little while. And even if he doesn't have a spot next year, per se, depending on, again, what they do with Braun and Hagen, uh, well, I guess Myers isn't re-signed yet, but, uh, you know, they got a lot of bodies here. Moran is up at the end of next summer. Uh, if they don't want to do that, you know, you're going to have to, if they sign Braun, it's probably for one year. If they sign Hague, maybe for two or three and uh, potentially lose him to Seattle if they go that route. Like, there's a lot of different options for these defensemen here. And I think keeping somebody like Zamula as ready as you can is probably their best option right now. I don't think he sees a lot of ice time just because the, there's so many goddamn bodies in front of him. But I think they want to keep him on the verge as long as they can. I love the move. Yeah, and if, if you're the player, like from everything that we've heard about Zamula so far, he's kind of got not a chip on his shoulder, but he plays the game with kind of a, an edge, like a co- I don't want to say cockiness, but a little bit of an arrogance, you know, and I love that. I love when a player knows he's good. It's intimidating. If you're the opposition and you see a guy skating around like he knows he's good, you know, it, you, you know whether you know it or not you become a little bit in, uh, intimidated and I think for a player like him to get a taste of what he could have you know is going to push him to work even harder to get there quicker you know now he knows what it's like now he knows what it's like to play against NHL guys he knows what it's like to put on the flyer sweater I would assume based off that everything that we know about Zamula is this could only motivate him even more, you know, um, from Flyers' perspective, if this kid's ready to go, the quicker the better. Uh, you're able to make some, you know, tougher decisions easier. And I'm thinking like uh, Justin Braun, Shane Gossespierre. Uh, they signed Mark Friedman for two years. I still view him view him as a seventh defenseman. Uh, Zamula, at some point, should be able to do all the things that Shane Gossespierre can do. And would cost turn the puck over and be a fucking hazard to his team defensively. Yes, maybe I should say potentially. Right, I forgot. Uh, he would cost he would significantly less. You know. Um, you want to talk about Gossespair a little bit because uh, you made a comment on Twitter that he uh, didn't fuck anything up royally today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He uh, supposedly had a good little uh, training camp. And I don't know if I don't know if we have uh, ice times here for any of these games or not, but uh, I don't think he played a whole lot. But when he was out there, he didn't uh, didn't fuck anything up. But uh, you know what? That's a thing too because is that where we're at with this guy at this point? That he went through one game without fucking up. being a disaster. Yeah, I didn't notice him out there uh, very often either, and it wasn't until. I saw your comment on Twitter that I actually started to look for him, and uh, I was I was trying to watch for positive things. And even then, I, I guess because there was just so many guys dressed, uh, I only noticed him towards the end of the game. And I think he was pushing play a little bit towards the end. I didn't notice anything from Ghost in a negative way, so uh, I guess that's fine. That's fine. God, you know, Provorov played twenty five minutes and thirty nine seconds tonight. Jesus up Christ. Right where you left off, I guess, huh? For an exhibition game. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I can't find any 
numbers here. Because I guess it wasn't an official game. I don't know if anybody was even keeping track of this crap. But uh, How the hell did you find uh, Proby's? Uh, Sam Carcitti had it on his Twitter. Sammy. Google Flyers Penguins exhibition. The Twitter feed comes up and he's on there. I found it, buddy. And so Apparently Derek Grant had a good expected goals for tonight. Jesus. Shane Gossespierre played 18 minutes. So what? it looks like everybody Jesus played Christ. pretty evenly. The only guy whose time on ice was not recorded for some reason was Zamula. I wonder why that I is. I don't think he saw a lot of time, especially late in the game. I remember the first couple uh, shifts he had, I noticed him, but I didn't uh, didn't particularly notice him as the game went on. So we have Phil Myers, 18 minutes, Travis Sanheim, 20, Provorov, 25, no giveaways. Matt Neskinen, 24 minutes, Gossa Spare, 18, and Friedman with 11. And just has nothing for Zamula, even though he definitely played. He got there for something. I don't think it was a whole lot, but... What did you make of the uh, empty arena? You know what? I really didn't notice too much. The only thing that I did notice was there was no jerk-offs banging on the glass the whole game. That's probably the thing I noticed as well, is there's a giant fucking cardboard over the seats versus idiots. So yeah. <laughs> I uh, The crowd noise was weird. Uh, there's crowd noise after saves and after goals right now is the only time I noticed it. And as I expected, you cannot really hear the players any better than you usually would. You can hear a little more. You can hear a little more skates, a little more the the, the stuff along the boards. And uh, you did pick up some extra voices. But as far as hearing chirps, hearing uh, connecting, telling people to fuck off and stuff, you really didn't get any of that, which is what I expected going in because there's no reason you would mic the players or mic, mic the refs so you could hear the players. It's just it's an impossibility that you would hear them otherwise. So sorry to burst everybody bubbles there. And uh, JJ let on a detail uh, that I don't know if it's true or not, but they're supposedly going to put more crowd noise in, but make it special to each team. Like they're going to put in Lou Nolan saying Pico power player and stuff like that what, during the actual uh, the games. So I heard them talking about that, and I thought that he said that they already played it during the game. And... He said I that was he wasn't looking- sure if they played it. And I uh, I didn't hear it at the time, and when he brought it up, I didn't hear it either. So, uh, And they, they didn't get another fucking power play for the rest of the no, game. No, they only so got we one. Didn't really, <laughs> <laughs> we didn't get a chance to actually see if they played it or not, but I, I thought that was a cool little thing. Uh, I did notice that after the Penguins scored their, uh, their, I heard their goal horn and a song right away. When the Flyers scored, it seemed a little bit delayed, though. Yeah. Just uh, like- crowd noise and... Uh- yeah, it's whatever. I guess that's cool for fans, and you know, I don't know if I prefer that or not. To be, I just love Lou. I love new. I love Lou Nolan. So they can play the Pico power play thing as often as they want. the uh, The goal song and the goal horn is whatever. You know, it's I don't really need it. I don't. Need, I would rather I would rather hear and see the players' reaction in place of the fake goal horn. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't, wasn't too bad. I don't mind the layout. The big blue boxes over the seats is rather annoying. They probably should have just went with a black layout so you wouldn't even notice they were there instead. But uh, yeah, it, it wasn't. It wasn't too bad. They it was. It didn't affect the game whatsoever. 
No. It's just kind of that background you notice when the game gets a little boring and you start want to pick out the empty seats in the background. Well, they're all fucking empty seats now, so it's like the Wells Fargo Center anyway. I like the I like it better than the cardboard cutouts. I hate those things behind the baseball. That's unnerving at baseball games. Yeah, you're watching these cardboard cutouts kind of just exist, stare into the void. You know that you can uh, you can send a picture and you could you could pay them to put your picture up. It's not a bad idea. I was gonna do. You ever see the circle game? Everybody calls it the what the white power thing now. Uh, Yeah. Gonna do the circle thing. High school all over again. Yeah, I've gotten well, in high school, wasn't it like a punch in the nuts? If uh, I think it's just a pun. I, I don't, I don't think it was nuts. No. Oh, uh, what was the? At least for us, it wasn't. You're 20 years older than I am. Maybe it was the like a ball. Do you ever get ball tapped? Uh, I don't think so. Uh, that was a thing, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> so like some kids are fucked up. Like, who invents this game where I'm just nobody gonna ever smack touches you. my balls? I'm gonna smack you in the nuts when you're not paying attention. Like, it was so fucked. Hmm. Yeah, so yeah, I digress. Uh. You're from Jersey. That's just what they did over there. <laughs> Maybe so. Let's talk about the goalies for a second here because those were those two guys were uh, – I wanted to see them play well because I, I feel Somebody like – Somebody said goalie controversy after the game, and I immediately got angry. I'm like, really? We're doing this after an exhibition game? But well, uh, well, Hart played well. Hart played well. Had one goal. Uh, it was kind of whatever. Elliot looked – Good for what it's worth. I think he got far more work in than Hart did because uh, uh, Pittsburgh was all over them in the third period. But, uh, yeah, he stopped the three-on-one in overtime and uh, looked good, which is good. I'm kind of surprised they played hard as long as they did. I thought they would have given more of a split down the middle like they did with uh, Pittsburgh. But they both looked good, which is which is good. I mean, obviously, Hart's the guy in the playoffs. Uh, you're mm-hmm. probably not going to see Elliott uh, at all. Uh, barring any, you know, tragic circumstances. But, uh, yeah, I mean, to have a somebody like Elliot, in case there are tragic uh, tragic circumstances, that is the uh, best thing to have right now. Yeah, Pittsburgh scored uh, just about five minutes into the game, and they didn't score again till just about four minutes left in the game. Three, so in between, or something like that? Yeah. In between, I thought the Flyers goalies uh, played very well. Um I was happy to see that because I think that kind of stuff carries over. You know, goalies are weird, man. As much as, uh, you know, I think goalies put stuff in the past. Like, you play a game like that, I think you carry that with you for a little bit. You know, it's confidence. As opposed to where if you got lit up for five goals or whatever, it's like, shit, now I got to use the next game to shake off the rust. You know, if anything, this this gives you a little bit of confidence. Like, all right, I'm, I got my shit together here. Keep Let's keep rolling. Apparently, these exhibition games were, like, were for the goalies uh, to to test out their ranges and sights. And I guess they have the uh, overhead projector, big board, scoreboard down a little bit and uh, some kind of wacky setup there. And they were having them there specifically. So if they needed to make changes, they could get them done. Wow, that's that's really interesting. I wonder if we could get uh, J-Mert on for a show. We could talk about that a little bit. Our old buddy. Need to get uh, Steve Mason on. That'd be something he, that he would do well. Oh yeah, anybody out there that can help us get the, Steve uh, Mason sight on? Lines and stuff. Yeah, we've we've been trying to get Steve Mason on. We can't get a hold of him now. He's big leaguing us. He's so uh, get... pretty off the or board. You... Or Robert Ash. If you can get Robert Ash on. What a bastard doesn't answer me. My own father won't even answer me. <laughs> I was gonna say. Fuck. Your own father. I think even Manny's reached out to him in like professional emails and stuff, and all nice. 
I'm on just a Twitter like, hey, fuck you. Read my shit. Get on my show. Dad? Try dad. dad. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, why are you long... ignoring me, Wait. father? <laughs> Wait, how long's it been since he played in Philly? Twenty-three years. Oh God, not that long. Fifteen, maybe. Could you imagine? Nah, I think was it was in about... uh, Arizona. I think. Was he even playing in '96? Oh my God, what if you had like a one-night stand? Yep. Ask your mom, dude. Robert Esch. Wow, you ever hang out with a guy named Robert? Uh, he was still in juniors in 96. Yeah, maybe your mom was bird dog in the mind. Uh, the Detroit Whalers. All right, let me stop before I start to... <laughs> I don't want to... It was Philly from 2002 to 2007. Coyotes from 99 to 02. I bet you if you emailed them with just a header, Dad, I bet you would answer. <laughs> Block everything. You have twenty three years of child support due. Yeah. <laughs> you can make up you can make all that up to me with flyer season tickets. Forever. Get me some uh Utica Comets tickets. Watch Mikey D. Pietro. Oh, there you go. I have his uh junior jersey, Mikey D. Pietro. Tell him, man. <laughs> Fuck. Are there any Robert Esters in this room right now? No, there's not. Can we talk about the... Uh, Where the fuck are my Robert Esters? How many minutes are we in here before I bring this up? 24. Yeah, we can bring it up now. <laughs> <laughs> What's Angry this negative versus... after hours here. We can talk about dirty shit. This Hayes versus JVR thing. Like... This was a weird little argument. Uh, mainly because his delivery came across like he was a total douchebag. <laughs> Wait... Wait, are you talking about the guy that listens to the show? No divots? Yeah. Yeah, that's Dave. Oh, that's Dave. Oh, we're on a first-name basis now. Hi, Dave. Yes. I think he just started following me not too long ago. I like that you just called him a douchebag. Well. <laughs> you should you should feel honored because maybe you, you are should. what you eat. Douchebag's gross. It's not often we call douchebag, so... Dave, thanks. Thank you for listening. He won't listen anymore. <laughs> he probably will. He did mention he likes to be hated, so. Well, he certainly gave me that aura today. Because I wasn't even entirely sure what he was arguing for here. Are you looking up the tweets? Yeah. God, a lot of people interact with a lot of people during these games. I think it was based off your uh, top five flyer that could be an expansion player thing. Was really hoping to see JVR picking. Oh, that's right. You brought up the uh, Nick's uh, photoshopping of JVR in a Seattle jersey. How, dude, how great was that? Awesome. Did that find its way to Twitter yet? Yeah, it's on Bradley Puck. Oh, there you go. Okay. Got buried by the uh, live games, but yeah, it's there. I think I'm going to switch out the uh, uh, top five picture, which is Gossipy right now. Towards that. I should have put my Photoshop of JVR in there. God damn it! And put the one that Nick showed because that's fucking. It's perfect. It's good. Let's see here. Uh, was really hoping to see JVR in the pick the article, LOL, that was Jim, and then he replied, isn't he on the squad, you're rooting to win the cup? He, technically. Play for the logo in the front, not the name on the back, and fuck this Coombsy guy, I can't believe you still talk to him. <laughs> he always did, he's always busting my balls. I'm pretty sure I blocked him, unblock him or just follow him? Nah, I don't block, I can't block. No, he's not following me anymore, that's good. Get gone, bitch. 
Uh, uh, where were we before I got angry at Sean? That's not uh, what I asked, and yes, I'm familiar with the slogan. I feel like you know the answer already, though, so I figured it was rhetorical. What's the problem with JVR? He has so many points. Yeah, he, he, he has, he has, has many points as Hayes and a better plus minus, both suffocating the cap LOL. The, there was a while back where I went off about Justin Braun, about people not understanding the role of defensive defensemen. And if you look at the plain and simple numbers, you look at Braun and go, bah, he's not that good. Or your analytics, and go, bah, he's not that good. But if you understand what a defenseman, defenseman, uh, defensive defenseman's role is on the team, he's fucking great. And I think this is the argument that he's pretty much going for with here is, well, the points are similar and the plus minuses are similar, so they must be the same. Totally unaware of how the game of hockey is played and what Hayes is actually bringing to the table over James Van Riemsdyk. Yeah, and I think, I mean, we've talked about this on past shows. I think people who expect things that JVR is not are the ones who kind of get angry at JVR. Uh, whether it be, oh, his defense isn't great, or I'd like to see him throw the body a little bit more, or play tougher in the tough areas. I think once you accept that all he does, all he is is a streaky scorer, who is going to put up 20. So it's so weird. He's consistently inconsistent where he He's won't show up. He's just a dude. He just exists. He, he somehow won't... scores 20, po- uh, 20 goals a year. Good for, you know, 45, 50 points. But like on a night to night basis, he's fucking useless. Right. Excuse me. Yeah. He won't score for like 10 to 15 games. But you go look at the score sheet, and somehow he's got like 15 goals, 20 yeah. goals, and towards the end of the year, he's got—is like, he going to hit 30 again? Like you know, uh, he's—I he, guess he scores some sneaky goals. Like, I believe we looked at I, this on. Uh, what, did he have two game-winning goals in the year out of his goals? Something like that. Man, he had a, he had a hot stretch where he had like six or seven goals within like a span of 10 games. He'll put and, up five goals in three games, then he'll go 25 games without scoring a goal. Right. And yeah. when he's not scoring goals, he's not doing anything else either. At the beginning of the year when Hayes wasn't scoring, he was still dominating the power play, being a strong player overall, carrying the load of the second-line center, whereas James and Reamsdick just kind of exists. If they didn't put him right. on camera from time to time, I wouldn't even know he was out there most nights. Yeah, don't you feel like they, for a guy that doesn't really have the best personality, don't you find him talking a lot? Like, I feel like they interview him for everything. Who, JVR? It's like... Yeah, he's like the he was the flyer spokesman for the return to play thing, the CBA <laughs> negotiations. Was he really? Yeah. See, that's interesting. So like, clearly have some kind of behind the scenes thing with him. He's gonna pull a fucking Andrew McDonald. He sucks ass on the ice, but he can go out there and he's a good teammate. So I have some things here about Hayes, like JVR, the greatest flyer of all time. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So JVR signed a huge contract, making seven million, nineteen. Like just to use kind of Dave's argument here, nineteen goals, and he's getting paid seven million dollars to score goals. Uh, as of now, he's hang on a second, one, two, three, four, fifth on the team in goal scoring. Okay, and and the guys that are you know Couturier, Hayes, these are two way two way forwards. Couturier's up for Selkie. Hayes has seven power play goals, four shorthanded goals. 
five game winning goals, 175 shots, blah, 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 blah. JVR, like I mentioned, fifth on the team in goal scoring, 19 goals. Uh, four, only four power play goals. Mm-hmm. Mr. Power everyone... Play Specialist is four power yeah. play goals. Yeah. So Hayes has the same amount of power play goals. He's got four more shorthanded goals and 24 less shots. 24 less shots, and you're supposed to be the goal. See, like, I think this is where the issue comes in because he's making $7 million to only score fifth on the team in goal. And, uh, whatever, man. I they guess signed him to necessary. score 35 goals a year. And if he did that, then this would be a different conversation right now. Yeah. The fact that he's scoring 19 essentially fluky, meaningless goals. And sure, he wound up with 19 goals and 40 points. Hayes had 23 goals and 41 points. But Jesus Christ, if you watch these games, you can't even tell me Hayes and JVR are in the same fucking stratosphere, mm-hmm. let alone you know any kind of similar player. Hayes just Hayes has done it all. The main reason the Flyers fucking succeeded this year is because of Kevin Hayes, not James Van Riemsdyk. Kevin Hayes just played every role that he was given to a fucking T, and it was perfect. Didn't he just get nominated for, like, the Leader Award or whatever the uh, hell that was? Was it Ted Lindsay or some Clancy kind of award? something, the Memorial, whatever, I bet Kevin you. Hayes. He was the Flyers representative for one of the yeah, awards. Yeah, like the, the team voted for him, I think. Uh, Gene Hart. No, that's the other one. What's the NHL one? <sighs> Edit. Uh, Gene. Oh, fucking Gene Hart. God damn, it's probably an Instagram. Hang on. I think it was the Tom Clancy Award. Was it Tom Clancy? <laughs> Tim Clancy? <laughs> I'm just kidding, dude. He's the guy that made Call of Duty or whatever. Bob Clancy? There is a Clancy, isn't it? Was it King Clancy? Just call it the McKenzie. I feel like there's a hundred McKenzies in hockey. The Bob Something McKenzie, McKenzie Award for being Bob. Are you sure? Yeah. Wow. What? Uh, why is this so fucking hard to find? Clearly I know not. I'm not a, gonna be able to stop. Clearly it not an like, important award. Just, might as well just find it while we're at it. Yeah, I trust me. I'm gonna hunt this down. All right. So while you look for that, uh, power rankings. No, fuck off. Power rankings. Me personally, I don't not like JVR. I've accepted him for what he is. Ass. And for Hayes, when they when they signed Hayes, I was not thrilled with the contract. I was happy they got the player. But I can't say that my expectations were That seemed high. to be one of his points, too. We'll get back to this award in a minute. He seemed to bring on the contract-wise. And I've said that from the very beginning. Listen, I was Hayes' biggest doubter this time last year. And... Uh, and I have fully admitted I was wrong. I love Kevin Hayes. He's great. But uh, that contract still sucks. It just so happens that he's living up to it right now. In five years from now, it may be a different story, but he's absolutely living up to his deal, whereas James Van Riemsdyk really isn't. You brought him in to be a fucking 30-goal scorer, and he's got 19. He had uh, 36 goals and 54 points his last season in Toronto. 27 goals last year. He had fucking 19 this year in the same amount of games. He played 66 last year and 66 this year. 19 goals. His play has fallen off a fucking cliff. And he brings no secondary skills to the table like Kevin Hayes does. Yeah. And then uh, I guess to to Dave's other point there, you know, uh, if we're complaining so much about him, why would another team want him? And I get that. I, I do to think like that also. salary floor? 
Yeah, and I think that that's a major thing, and it sounds kind of dumb, but uh, teams have to do that, especially teams starting out. And Vegas team... took on David Clarkson, for Christ's sake. Yep, and he doesn't even play. So He I mean, didn't play like two years TV before that one. And for the record, $7 million for JVR, I don't... I still don't think... If he was making like four and a half, I wouldn't have a problem right now. Well, dude, not nearly the have... same problem anyway. He's still a shitty hockey player. Well, think of it like this. For a team that's not the Flyers, like the Flyers have a bunch of kids coming Kevin up. Kevin Hayes was a... nominated for the King Clancy, by the way. Oh my God, I was half right. <laughs> <laughs> was his first name Tom? I actually have no idea who King Clancy is. Oh my God, you're going to look for that now? Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Uh, so if if JBR was on a team that didn't have players coming up the pipeline or guys that they didn't have to sign in this offseason, his contract's not terrible. He's not here for a long time. I think he's here till like 2023. But uh, three more years after yeah. this year. Dude, that's not bad. It'll be 34. And the way he plays is I don't expect this play to fall off that much. He should still be a. It's falling right a, now. Dude, he could be a 20-25 goal uh, I'm sure he's going to hang around Knicks. 20 goals with his shitty nothing-happened-in-play during that time, yes. But, yeah. Uh, I'm also wondering, though. He's 31. Because, dude, so, like, when he played with Giroux, and this is, like, like a guy like Giroux needs to play center for a guy like JVR because he's not a physical guy. He needs someone to create for him. And, Ain't that the fucking truth? Right, so playing on a third line with Scott Lawton and Aubrey Kubel or whoever he started the game with, he's you're not going to see, you're not going to hear from JVR, you're not going to see him because those are I call them worker bees. Those are two worker bees, and JVR just kind of you know he hangs out, he hangs out in front of the net. Uh, he's got to get the puck wide open, and no one's going to be double teaming Scotty Lawton or Nicholas Aubrey Kubel. You know what I'm saying? So he's got to play with a guy like Claude Giroux, and Claude Giroux ain't playing fucking center on the Flyers. So if if Let's say he does go to Seattle. He's going to have to play with somebody who can create at center for him to succeed. And I wouldn't be surprised to see him put up 20, 30 goals for the next couple seasons if that does happen. He'll only have two more years left on his contract at that point, right? After next year? Yeah. Yeah, so I mean... It... There's a thing. It's only two more years at that point, which means yeah. they would have... A, you know, It's not like he, they're taking three or four years of JVR at $7 million. They're taking two. Yeah, they wouldn't be fucked, and they would have somebody to market, you know. Uh, the guy's been in the league Come forever. watch the most useless $7 million player in NHL history. Play live. Yeah, and Seattle already doesn't know shit about hockey, so what, what, what the hell are they going to care? King Clancy. Francis Michael Clancy was a Canadian professional ice hockey player, referee, coach, and executive. He played 16 seasons in the NHL for the Senators and Maple Leafs. He won three Stanley Cups. Uh, retired in 1937. Remained in hockey, becoming a coach for the Montreal Maroons. Worked an 11-year stint as an initial referee. Was a coach in the Leafs organization. And a team executive until his death in 1986. Named one of the 100 greatest hockey players in history. The name King originates from his father, who was the first King Clancy and played football for Ottawa. Really? Uh, at the time, football was not snapped as is done today, but was healed back from the line. Huh. I don't know what any of that means, but... So he was a hockey lifer. And there was King an award named after him. Oh. You learn something when you listen to this show. Yeah. You learn that JVR is ass. You learn that you are what you eat. You learn that uh, 
King Clancy was a hockey player a hundred years ago. You are what you eat. And uh, yeah. <laughs> I like that. That reference was from when you said somebody's a douchebag. Yeah. <laughs> called continuity, Jim. Got to keep it up. Yes. What else we got? How long are we? How long do you want to keep these post games to? You want to go uh, an hour, forty-five minutes? Well, we're just about to hit forty now, Jim. Well, you're the boss here, boss. That is true. Well, uh, I could keep finding stuff to talk about if you want to go more. But I might as well. If you got something else you want to say, it's a podcast, Jim. That's what we do here. We think about the gritty sign up there. I thought that was actually kind of cool. As much as I don't like the corny stuff. I like that there's a, a billboard of Gritty in Toronto. I thought that I was I like pretty... they still find a way to make him creepy. <laughs> That's my favorite part about Gritty is the underlying fear that, like... Wasn't that... I would never want to see him in, like, a dark alley or something. I shit my pants. For everybody that doesn't know what we're talking about, they bought a sign in Toronto, and it says, Every shot you take, every save you make, I'll be watching you with Gritty looking over the corner uh, in just utmost terrifying Gritty. Like, it's a goddamn shame he's not in Toronto. But um, you know how, like, when you were younger, you were scared of some mascots. Yeah. And like, I feel like the Flyers market gritty like that way. Like subtly terrifying. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And it's it's pretty funny. Like we find it funny, but I wonder if like he eats kids. Actually. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, I thought that was kind of. Cool I mean, he, that... he beats kids and then gets sued for it. <laughs> uh, allegedly. 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 See, that was from this fucking season. We gotta have a show of you know weirdest moments throughout the season. Where the fuck do we even start? Yeah, because that would happen this year. Feels it was like fifteen years ago. Yeah, like that would be fun because it now it's like a remember when like this season it's like ten years ago. Remember when Joel Farabee debuted? Yeah, that was eight months ago. (laughs) Fuck man, like we'd be. What are we in? We're about to be in August. Like August, like preseason yeah. games would be starting up next month. Yeah. Instead, instead we're going to be talking about playoffs in a week. Crazy man. Crazy times we live in. I don't know. Why. <laughs> I don't know why. I just ain't that. that the fucking truth. This uh, is uh, episode sixty, by the way. Look at that. Holy shit! Made it sixty angry negative shows. At this rate, we'll be doing uh, we'll be doing sixty nine when and during the Stanley Cup. No. Yeah. Provided they don't get their asses kicked in the first round, yeah, we'll be, <laughs> make it to 69. That would be fucking typical flyers right there. Get everybody juiced up and just get their asses smashed in. There is a potential they play Pittsburgh in the first round. Ah, dude, I think they waxed the floor with them, dude. They got their number. I believe the Flyers will need to lose all three of their round-robin games, and Penguins will need to uh, make it through Montreal, which I'm not even sure happens. But uh, there's a chance. Dude, I, see, I didn't think there was any way that Montreal loses, uh, beats Pittsburgh, but after watching the game today, Pittsburgh kind of looked uninspired, I thought. And maybe I'm reading into too much of one game, but imagine you're on a team, you know, you're Crosby, or I'm thinking of more Malkin. They were all healthy, too. Yeah, because Malkin and Latang, I feel like, are more stuck-up assholes than, than Crosby. Not that I'm saying anything nice about Crosby, but... Imagine you just, you know, you've won three Stanley Cups, you've been off for four months, and you're playing in this joke of a tournament. You're playing, or, you know, maybe you perceive it as a joke, and you have to play an exhibition game in a, in a, in a, 
I forget the word that I was looking for in, in Toronto. And I don't know, like that's kind of how I expected the flyers to come out like arrogant. Like, why am I here type thing? That's how I thought. That's how I thought some of the Pittsburgh players looked until the, like halfway through the third where they were kind of like, all right, I guess we're doing this. Could just so, be an exhibition game that nobody gives a shit about. Yeah. They're, they're, they're keeping their bullets in their chamber until the games actually matter. Yeah. So or they're going to tank and get Lafrier, and it's going to be Crosby and Lafrier tearing it up for another fucking decade. Could you imagine Crosby's around for 10 more years? Well, he has to be in his, what, mid-30s by now? He's been around for fucking ever. Sydney Crosby. I wonder if we're ever going to see another Yager again. He's only 32. I guess he's about to turn 33 at the beginning of August. But So he could potentially be around for another. Another Yager? No way. Years. Like, he just plays into his fucking 50s. Not, He's still playing, isn't he? Fuck, if players turn 30 these days, they're considered old as dirt. Yeah, it's true. Once they make all their money, it's like, why do you even got to play till 50, till 40, with all the money they fucking get today? <laughs> as good as they were for that long? Yeah, I don't think it's going to happen. No. Uh, let me see. What Did I miss anything for this game? Anybody really stand out to me? Albie Kubel stood out to me in a good way. In the third Law- period, yeah. I noticed him quite a bit uh, with the on the forecheck especially, yeah. Uh, let me see. Hayes, Hayes. Just, Hayes was a god amongst men today. He, which he's is just exactly what you need if you're going to the playoffs. You need somebody like him to take the lead and then have a damn fine supporting cast, and that's exactly what they got. I'm going to say something here, and not that Sean Couturier has to prove anything to me, uh, but... I really would like to see him go off in these playoffs. Like, everyone's t- everyone's telling me that he's a star, absolutely a star. Oh, we're back on this again? All right, here we go. <laughs> I know, sorry. So let me just say, like, a He's star, not for what it's worth. A star is going to put his team on his back. And I don't think the Flyers have one of those players, per se. I think they have a bunch of guys that can do it collectively in Hayes, Couturier, yeah. Giroux, Voracek, uh, JVR, if you want to put him Pretty in there, I don't think he's a roster, star either. Really. Yeah, I think they collectively have a very, very good roster. Uh, if if you want to tell me Coots is a star, then I want to see point-per-game production in the playoffs because that's where stars show up. I want to see 10 points in 10 games or 12 points in 10 games. I want to see him lighten it up. I want to see another team plan for Coots. I want to see them game plan to stop Sean Couturier because that's a star for me. Yeah, I want to see him shut down the other team's best line also. And if you want to sit here and tell me, well, you know, you want him to do too much, well, then he ain't a fucking star then. He has uh, 13 games of playoff experience with five goals and nine points. Yeah, and that's that's solid, but I think a lot of that came in one series. Didn't he go off the year they got their asses whooped against Pitt? Oh, he played in... uh... 11-12 as well, so that's 11 more games with four more points. But Yeah, the Pittsburgh series in 2018, he had uh, nine points in five games. He had, didn't he have played... any against the Caps and didn't have any against the Rangers. Yeah, he was a little younger, I think. Uh... So 14 and 16. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but that's what I want to see. I want to see him take over series. Yeah, Katuri and I have not had the best uh, friendship ever since that Jack Eichel article, but... Uh... I don't know. It's so... I think two-way players like him are exceedingly rare. But I also think it's why Patrice Bergeron got 
the recognition that he did was because he was capable of single-handedly producing offense as well and being the overall star on the team while playing a solid defense. And, uh, you know, uh, what's his name? Pavel Dodzuk, very much the same. Great two-way guy, but could just flat-out kill you offensively. And I think Couturier's numbers are very good, but I also don't think it's a coincidence that his numbers got better when he was given Giroux as a line mate and, and treated like a legitimate hockey player. That two-way sense was always there. Even back when he was a... I mean, obviously it gets better with age, but, I mean, he was a solid two-way player in 2012, you know. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, listen, I, I, I Sean Couturier is great, but I don't think he's in the... I, <laughs> Anthony and I have talked about this all summer at this point, and it's always so hard to... Uh, to try and bury him properly without uh, without burying him too far. But uh, I don't know. I, I don't think he's a star, but I think kind of by default he may be the star of the team because mm. Giroux's kind of washed at this point. But I still think Giroux's the one that gets the uh, small he, recognition league-wide. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Because he, he was a star. Giroux was a star. But I think Absolutely. those years where... It just so happened to be under the shittiest regime in Flyers history. Yep, that's a shame. Yep, and his production dipped for three straight years, and he came back and had that hundred point season. And uh, yeah, here we are now. Fallen two years since. I guess a fun conversation would be who could potentially be a star, and even like, even a Nobody. guy like, yeah, even a guy like Provo. Once fucking dude, Giroux leaves and is gone, if you just pluck him out of this lineup, they'd be fucked. Even Provorov, he doesn't have that personality. Yeah, they don't have a guy. Well, I guess Hayes, but I don't even know. Would you? Here's a question: Would you say Kevin Hayes is more of a star than Sean Couturier? Yes. And because of his personality, probably right. Yes. Because if we're going by, it's an interesting question points and stuff here he's got like 20 30 less points see that that's what i mean like a star to me has the numbers and has the personality i think hayes is like a more flashy sean couturier i think couturier yeah. does like the same job but on a much lesser scale uh publicly or 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 uh yeah i guess publicly would be the word just just putting himself out there i think you notice hayes a lot more hayes is a lot flashier on the ice again while playing a solid two-way jig and sure he's not going to score the points but again i'm sure if you posted him with with Giroud and connecting all season long you'd probably have a different result but uh yeah i don't know that's an interesting one do i consider I'm pull that. hayes a bigger star than couturier that's one of those questions that could go either way really yeah, I'd be interested to see like what fans say. A, I think Couturier is the better hockey player, but if you had to ask me who the star of this team is between those two, Kevin Hayes is the answer. Yeah, like I, I would like to know who Flyers, who non-Flyer fans think of when they, when they think of the Flyers. You're gonna put that out on Flyers tour and get eaten alive. Yeah, because it's all fucking Flyers fans. They're going, oh, Somebody told know, me Scott Lawton wasn't good today. What? It and was, he just uh, comes out and scores the Remember that? Uh, was that on this show we ripped apart Michael Taylor the other week for his shitty opinions on Shane Goss's beer? That he really oh. liked Shane Goss's beer? It was the same person who told me that Scott Lawton isn't good. What? Was he doing it to, was he doing it to bust my balls? 
No, this guy thoroughly believes what he does, which is the worst part. He's in my I mentions out a, all the time. Oh, uh, real. So I put out an article about a uh, ghost. Speaking of ghost, and uh, it got massive down likes on Reddit, but like a hundred people commented. So still a hot topic there. A touchy ghost. topic. There's so many people that still think he is good and that he's gonna magically come back and be the next star, and he's still good, and he's still got that 40-goal potential and, and uh, t- the 30-goals, the, the 17-18-65-point uh, 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 season is, is, that wasn't a glitch, that was real, that's the real Gosses Bear, and it's like, dude, these people are fucking psychos. Yeah. If it was the opposite way, where this guy's having... You know, four good seasons and one, and one bad, bad season. Year? Yeah. Everyone looks at that one bad year like, oh, that's that's the blip. That's a glitch. Now it's the opposite, and everyone's like, oh, you can get that back. You can, like you're hanging and it's on not to even the necessarily best, his man. offensive output. Like, I'm sure if he was feeling it, he could probably put up some points. But fuck, he's your number five at best. Your number five defenseman right now, and he can't play defense. That was that's been a constant through all of this. I'm sure if you go back and watch that great year, I mean, he was on the top line with Ivan Provorov that year. I'm sure if you go back and watch, and I dig through my tweets from that era, I probably ripped him apart for his shitty defensive play. It just so happened to make up for it because he was scoring a lot of goals. He was like the the guy by default. Yeah. yeah. And now that you got Ivan Provorov, who handled the power play all year, you got Sanheim and Myers there, who both can score and then you got fucking Zamola and York in the pipeline who are supposedly gonna be good little offensive defensemen at one point like guys washed was... and you got a whole bunch of defensive defensemen here in Friedman Haig and and Braun that can all actually play defense you have an offensive defenseman in Shane Gossesbury that can't score and can't play defense that's a pretty the... bad that'd be like being a banker and not knowing how to count <laughs> he was the best defenseman on a bad team yeah. Now he's one of the worst defensemen on and people think it's because he's not as good. I mean, let's just say like this. What if Ghost is the same player, but people are just better than him now? Like that's what I don't think people aren't thinking about that part. Okay, what if Ghost still God, has was he it? this bad at that peak and just everybody else is worse than he was? Like Nick Schultz was there. Yeah, like Jesus those are the guys Christ. he's playing with. There's a reason why he got that much ice time. Never thought about it from that way, but Jesus. Andy McDonald and all those assholes. Like, he was the best player on a shitty team. And he was playing with guys like Giroud, Voracek. He scored a lot of points on the power play, a lot of three-on... Dude, he was electrifying watching three-on-three. Unfortunately, a lot of times, the game's played five-on-five. Yeah. You know? And uh, I thank God, man, for for Hextall. He didn't give him more than 4.5. Holy shit. Like, you could have really paid him. Hamstringing him hard enough at this point. Yeah. So, it comes back again. Like, 4.5 for Gossip Bear is not a killer contract. But with things kind of freezing up the next couple years and the Flyers are in the position that they're in. And it's a good position, I think, because they have so many guys coming up. And the guys that they could sign now. That 4.5 million could go to Sandheim's contract next year. Exactly. You know, versus... Fucking Shane Gossesbury is your number five guy. Listen, I would love to see Shane Goss. I was all aboard the ghost train when he came up. I loved Gossesbury. He was like the first jersey that I uh, really added when I started collecting. I have a hundred fucking shirts. He's most are on eBay now if you want them. And uh, 
Uh, yeah, I, I was all aboard this guy when he came up and looked good and was that surprise shot from the point, but fuck! That was five years ago, you know? Like, yeah. there's been nothing inspiring about his game in years. He's 27! I can't, I can't even remember the last time I was excited for a Goss's Bear play. Like, Probably. where I was actually wowed, like, whoa, like, maybe he does still have some left in the tank, you know? I can't remember. It's been that long. Yeah, he just turned 27 in the end of April. Uh, let's see here. When was the last time I was enamored by Ghost? Maybe 2016 at the absolute latest. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I mean, I don't want to trash Ghost because I know... I do. For the, Fuck Ghost. For the guys listening, like, I don't want to... The Flyers won 3-2 today. I mean, we just I tore JVR apart. If they got through that, then they're going to get through this Ghost thing too because there's people typically one in the same. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, in a perfect world, they would be able to get rid of JVR and Ghost and uh, spread the spread the wealth out a little bit amongst the guys that are going to be here for the next, hopefully, five, six, seven, eight, nine years. This team's going to be good for a long time. To do that, it's going to be uh, crucial to Keep find the ways cap to... low. Yeah, for and sure. Goss's yeah. Bear and Hayes are making, what, $11 million between them? 11 and a half between them for three more years? You gotta do something about that. Got to get Goss's bear out, ideally ASAP. Uh, if you can get him out at the end of this year in the offseason, great. And then somehow get uh, Seattle to take JVR, even if you have to persuade him. Even if you have to go, hey, here's a first-round pick to take this fucking waste of space known as JVR. Maybe we should start the ghost movement. Maybe we can help get him traded. Maybe we go on Twitter and we talk about how good he played and how good he's this. And then we start retweeting shit onto Buffalo. People will tweet. think I got fucking abducted and I'm in a hostage situation <laughs> where I start tweeting about how good Ghost is. Daniel, are you start... okay? You complimented Ghost for the first time in five years. Yeah. Throw him up on Edmonton's Twitter or Buffalo's Twitter or some shit. Maybe word word. I think Winnipeg's work. looking for a defenseman, Montreal. Winnipeg. Yeah, send him to fucking Winnipeg. Winnipeg. Out in the middle of Gro fucking nowhere. Grows up in Florida, ends up playing for fucking Winnipeg. I would <laughs> I would love it. The perfect karma for Gossip Bear. Like, if you're not happy playing in Philly, like, fuck off, dude. You're not going to be happy anywhere else. Everybody's going to be like, but he'll be a star in Winnipeg. Who gives a shit? Yeah, cut your losses. Who, like, all. he could go on to be the next Eric Carlson, but who cares? You We're got a win fucking team full of defensemen here that are far better than he is. Would you rather keep this fucking guy here and lose Travis Sanheim because you can't afford to pay him? Because you don't want to lo potentially lose Goss's bear and let him succeed somewhere else? Because you're hell-bent on trying to put it back in this lineup? Yep. This isn't rocket science, people. No, it is Putting not. Putting a fucking competitive hockey team together. It's not that hard. <sighs> I feel better. We said yeah, before we came on here that we didn't have the fire to do it, but we did. We got the... Oh, yeah. Bring up JVR and uh, Goss's Bring up JVR and Goss's bear. I'll fucking get my... <laughs> Blood, Blood boiling. boiling. Yeah. Jinx. All right, I'll wrap up the show then since you're jinxed. Okay. I, you, you were really going to let me do that, huh? No, I think we covered everything. There's nothing really else. Yeah, I think I uh, got everything I wanted to yell about out tonight. Post-game uh, post in a long time. Post-game. 141 days since our last post-game. It's been fun. Like we, uh, like we never left. Yeah. It's also the first time we've done a solo show in a long time. Shook off some rust. Filled yeah. up an hour quick. That's what she said. 59 minutes and 7 seconds right now. Oh, i got to hang on for 7 more. 
<laughs> no, wait, wait. You said 59 minutes and 7 seconds. Yes, Jim. Well, we could plug some stuff. Well, you can follow she me on said. Twitter at Dan the Flyer Fan. Wait, really? And at Brotherly Puck? Because those are the only two Twitter accounts that fucking exist right now. I think they're all lost forever at this point. They've all officially been suspended. They're not temporarily restricted anymore. Shut up, really? Yeah. That's fucked. So I'm pretty sure they're gone because Twitter never got back to me. Because I, I, I think what happened is they accused me of being a robot and temporarily restricted him with the idea being that if I wasn't a robot, I could unlock him right away. But I don't have the access to the phone numbers anymore for those accounts. And I reached out to Twitter and because they're locked up or coronavirus or whatever they're doing, not getting me. It's been like three, four weeks at this point. It's been fucking forever. And I checked on them the other day, and I'm like, oh, they didn't even pop up anymore. And I went to them, and they go, they're, they're full and suspended. So. Cool! Shit. So I may just have to... Uh... Fuck off, Twitter. Yeah, I don't know what the hell's going on here, but... The Instagram page is alive and running. Yeah, that's... uh. Uh, direct people there. Uh, a lot of underscores in that one. Yeah, I know. So I have to look it up so I get it right. <laughs> the underscore angry underscore and spelled out underscore negative underscore show. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure if you type in the angry and negative show, it'll pop up though. Yeah, it's also uh, on my Instagram, Daniel Ash, Daniel dot Ash. If you want to look that up, and the link is right there. So. Yeah. Twitter uh, take it the way it and Instagrameth give it. Sure. Got uh, <laughs> plenty of articles up. I may or may not have a I fe- top five uh, players you forgot finishes this week. Thank Christ. <laughs> the Islanders one is up Thursday right now, and I it, uh, everybody should read the intro to that one because I just I fucking tore the Islanders apart. <laughs> <laughs> Why would they ever do to you? This is the very last one I wrote, and I hate the Islanders, and I just, uh, just, uh, let me see, maybe I'll give everybody, once an unbeatable dynasty, to whatever they are today, the Islanders certainly have a unique history, spending every year since 1983 trying to regain their former glory in their dump of an arena, the unfortunate souls that have suited up in the array of ugly jerseys have been over 500 players. They would probably rather forget their time in Long Island, but I'm bringing the five back to light. Can you give us the fifth one, at least? A little taste? He's a current head coach in the NHL. No guesses? All right, Todd McClellan is your answer there. For ah, time. damn it. I was going to say that. I wasn't. That was, that was one of the more interesting ones, because I feel like I remember everybody that played for the Islanders. I didn't even know he actually played in the league, McClellan. Uh, pretty much every coach at some point had a shitty... Uh, NHL gig. They all had like two or three games, and then they sucked ass and played it. I feel like McClellan was one of the ones that played around forever. So either that one or uh... Gordon Bombay. <laughs> uh, wasn't McClellan? I have to read my own damn pieces here to. Uh, no, it wasn't him. I remember who that would have been? Either way, you got anything to uh? Plug there? Huh. Do I ever? Jesus Christ. <laughs> we'll talk after the show. I did, uh, <laughs> I put an article out about, uh, Shane Goss's Bear for Puck Pros. Check that one out. Give me some, uh, give me your opinions on Ghost. Cause, you know, I, I think mine go against the grain a little bit. 
or so I'm finding. Uh, check out some of our new shows on High and Wide. We're going to be cutting back a little bit with the movies and the uh, anything but hockey. We're going to have some new hockey shows coming out. I just did one with uh, Jim Dowd. It was a pretty fun show. Uh, some some good high and wide shows coming out. And there's one more that I can't remember. Jack's coming out with the show. He's, I think he's going to try to have it out on Monday. I'm so. just uh, popping pills in front of the mic here. So. Yeah, it's all right. Okay. So some fun stuff coming for you guys. Oh, we have a site, hwhockey.net. Couple articles on there. Check them out, and uh, that's about it. Okay. Let me know what you guys have. You checked out the site by any chance? Uh, you ran it past me one time. I don't know if I've looked at it since. After the show, check it out. Let me know what you think, because I I did a lot of that, and I'm proud of it. But what is it? Hw hwhockey.net you know how like when you build something you're like oh I love this but somebody comes along and they're like what the fuck is this yeah I remember when I made the logo for this show actually you berated me for hours about it <laughs> <laughs> I did yeah I was what like I you like this one he goes ah, I think there should be better in the background alright fine I changed it made the, the, the little fuzzy and you're like yeah it should be orange okay it's fine I just uh, spent fucking six hours making it but sure I can do it <laughs> yeah you know all about that actually now nice that black Nothing happened on the website there. All right. There are some articles. <laughs> there, I can't figure out how to bridge that huge gap. Uh, you would probably need to change your theme. But considering you paid uh, good money for this one, I don't think you're going to. I'll find a way. <laughs> I'll find a way. Can you just hiccup into the microphone? Uh, yes, I did. It just came. It came. Like, I don't know. I can't stop that. Who knows when they're going to hiccup? Now you're coming on air, too? Jesus. Like, who who goes, oh, wait a second, I have to hiccup. Like, it just, like, hiccup just happens. Hmm. I don't have a lot of blank space on mine. Are you looking at it on your phone? No. There's just a huge gap between your header and the articles there. Really? Yeah. I don't have a huge gap. Are you on your phone? No, I'm on the laptop. Hmm. Are you on your laptop? Yeah the fuck? You have the big friggin' logo. And then, like, you have that yellow bar. And you have Welcome to High and Wide. And there's, like, three feet there between that and the articles. I don't have that. Hmm. Your page was also unsecured. So if I my get viruses, I'm that. blaming it on you. My dad said that, too. Do I have an option to secure it? Um... Why, why, just... why don't we do the tech support off the air here? We're <laughs> fucking dragging this on here. <laughs> All right. All right, everybody. We'll be back at some point. I don't know if we're doing a second show this week or not, but we will be moving the two shows probably starting next week, actually, once there's actually hockey, uh, once everything gets back up and going there. So we'll see if we're back at, uh, later this week or not. We'll be TBD here. But uh, till next time, everybody, goodbye and good night. Good night. Good night. Good night.